I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily-white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 26. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm ASD. And it was win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So it was only fitting that we suffered defeat at the hands of Man United at the weekend. Incredibly frustrating game to watch. I'm sure you both agree. Um, Chris, why don't I come to you first? What were your What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, tell us tell us what you're thinking. You I mean you look fed up already, and you've only been you've only been sat with me in ASD for about two minutes. Normally it takes about thirty. I'm fed up because I almost don't want to talk about the game because, as you say, I mean, if you look at the last 15 games and we're joking about win-lose, 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 whatever, the last 15 results and all have actually been win-loss, 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 win-loss-loss, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And that's not even a joke. So there was a loss-loss in the middle and the rest are all win-loss. The thing that frustrated me the most about that game is that it was a hat-trick from Ronaldo. And the fact that we're still not talking about the fact that he shouldn't be playing in the Premier League because he's a rapist or an alleged rapist. I'll say alleged rapist so we don't get shut down or whatever it is that will will happen. And that he is enabled and um, still celebrated by the Manchester United fans. I reminded myself of the case before we came, um, started recording because I'd like obviously try and forget it. And there was a big investigation by Die Spiegel because it happened in 2009. And actually they've got a 27 page document and in it contains a, a, a document that he has signed allegedly that includes the following quotes. She said no and stop several times. She was prescribed antibiotics the next day for all of her injuries. And we know this. This is fact. I'm reading something off the Internet right now. Yet not only is he revered and celebrated, but he scored a flipping hat trick and we lost the game. So it just hurt that just that frustrated me so much. I could barely not watch the game almost after that first goal went in. And and look, I don't get it because, you know, we've got an elite manager, probably the most complete player the Premier League has ever seen. And I don't just mean in the Premier League currently has ever seen. We've got a couple of new, we've got some new signings or newish signings that are settling in very nicely. You know, whether that's Kulusevski, like Romero just looks incredible since he's come back from injury. Yet you saw what we've just said. So I'm frustrated, but the Ronaldo thing has made me has like actually upset me so much because um, I don't have to think about him until we play them. That um, that's what I kind of came out of it thinking. And, and I'm, you know, I'll, I'll leave the two of you to actually talk about the game because I haven't got anything else on that. ASD, I'll come to you then about the game. What, what did you make? Did you have any, any positives to draw from it? Uh I fully support everything Chris said. Shouldn't be on the pitch. Shouldn't be anywhere in the Premier League. Man United fans need to look at themselves. Don't really need to look at themselves. Um, but that, it's just it's such a shame that it's in modern football. On the game, we could have we could have won that. We really could have won that. Man United were there. I the the you know I don't like expected goals, but we were nearly at two. They were less than one, so we we really could have won that. 
Uh, it's just so frustrating the inconsistency. You just don't know what to talk about anymore because you can't talk about even Kane's performances game on game up because they're so different. I just and it's not even Spursy anymore, is it? Spursy like would be to be three 0 up and lose four three. It would be it's it, we're just not in it, and I I don't get it. I, I don't. It's just frustrating. It's quite boring. I just kind of want the season to be over now. After that, like yeah. City. It really undermines the city work when we go out and then lose to Middlesbrough, we lose to Man United in this way. I just, I've got no idea what's going to happen, Brighton and West Ham, and it can't be good for the players to be in that position either. What do you think? It is so frustrating, isn't it, watching it? I think the, the biggest thing that annoys me watching Spurs at the minute is we've gone back to being quite a soft side, yeah. and I just feel like. I mean, the first goal that Ronaldo scores, he's hit it in the top corner from 25 yards. And I saw people slating Dyer. Sometimes a player can just put one in the top corner. There's not a lot you can do about it. And you just got to say, what a goal. But like the other goals, like teams just don't have to do a great deal to cause absolute chaos across our back line. And I think that's what's so frustrating, especially when like, I actually thought we responded really well to going a goal down and we got ourselves back in the game and you're thinking, right, here we go. And then you just concede a really soft goal straight away. And then even in the second half, do you know what I mean? You get yourself back level, right? It was own goals. And own goals has been performing very well for us so far this season, hasn't it? Being our third top scorer. Um, again, you, you get yourself level at 2 all, and you're thinking, at least don't lose. Do you know what I mean? It's like we could go on and win this, but just don't lose. And then, t- again, it's a set piece. And I just look at a lot of it and think, Set pieces are infuriating at any level of football when you concede them. Um, sometimes they do, you know, they happen a lot. Team, teams do score a lot of goals from set players, a massive part of football. I just couldn't understand why Doherty's being told to mark Ronaldo. Like, no. we've seen Ronaldo for the last 20 years in football, how brilliant he is in the air. And you'd think, surely one of your better headers of the ball needs to be marking him. Like, why is Doherty? I just couldn't, I couldn't understand that at all. Like, if I'm setting Spurs up defensively, Ronaldo's the number one threat in the penalty box. Well, whatever's happening, you've got to have your best defensive player on. I just, I just thought it was a bit strange. So I was frustrated watching it. Um, it wasn't our best game. I thought the subs were really weird that Conte made. I just did not understand that at all. Um, you know, Son, we all love Son. Yeah. He's been quite poor the last couple of games. And I thought Kulusevski was having a decent game. You don't know how tired players are. People might be injured and all that. But... Taking Kulusevski off and putting Mora on, I just think weakens the side. I just it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It's like when I saw Mora ready to come on, I was thinking potentially Davis is going to come off. We're going to go four at the back and we're going to go for it. But to just sort of make a like for like personnel change and bring on a player that's not quite as efficient, I just thought, what is that going to do much? I just, I, know I thought it was a little bit weird. And he brought Winks on, didn't he? Just I don't know. I'm just I look at football and I think substitutions is to change the game and it's like you're just bringing on players to do exactly the same job but just a little bit worse and I, I I didn't quite understand it so I thought it was weird from Conte to be honest um but just it's just frustrating losing games late on isn't it that's just something that will always just be a massive oh when it happens there is absolutely but I think the other thing and I saw and I saw this on various commentary after the game is you know you have Conte at the beginning of the week saying actually this is an opportunity for us right this is like, and we've got to, our ambition has to be top four. You've got Harry saying, you know, with Conte and with Conte at the helm and Champions League football, I'm not going anywhere. And Manchester United in flux. They've got, 
you know, and if you think about breaking into that top four, there are four teams, right? There are four teams that are going to be there or thereabouts. Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City. And then there are a bunch of other teams who are who are chasing that pack. And now Man United are obviously there for the taking this season from the rest of the pack because they've got an interim manager. They're a bit all over the place. They've spent money badly, et cetera, et cetera. And yet we still can't beat them. They're a poor side, United, mm. honestly. Like, I watch that and like, I just feel like we have, we've slipped back into this habit of we make sides look a lot better than what they are a lot of the time. I just, but I think a lot of that comes back to we're, we're quite easy to play against, I think. I think teams teams will look at us and think, well, Sun and Kane, they're probably going to score, but actually we can probably score too. We can out, teams can outscore us because we're so we're so poor yeah. at the back and we're shipping so many goals at the minute. It is a real worry. And even with... You know, Lads, get, it's Tottenham. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I get people saying, oh, oh you know, we'll get, a, we'll get a new centre-half, we'll get a full-back. So it's like, you, again, you've got to be slightly realistic. I can't see us going into next season with a new left-back, a new right-back and another new centre-half. Like, it's a lot to do in a window. So it's like, I just you know, I look at that back line and it just never fills me with much so, confidence. So who are... The first names on the team sheet and who are definites? Like who are the, the who are the players that like they cannot be dropped? I you think you've got, you, you got Hugo, obviously, haven't you? Hugo. There's no competition for him. I Romero. would say you, I'd say your front three: Sun, Kane, and Kulusevski are guaranteed starters. Yeah, probably Romero. Definitely. All the re, all all the, I'm, I I think Romero's been a bit dodgy the last couple of games personally, but there's definitely a good player there. Um. I'd Apart still from say Dyer. I'd say Dyer just because yeah. we saw what happened when he wasn't playing. Yeah, Dyer. You still got you still got half the team really. You got your full backs and you you have a centre half and you've sent me fields and you're thinking it's the midfield. We've got nothing there. It's such a massive hole. But I think tactically it's a big problem. Like honestly, we every single game we get outnumbered in the middle of the park. And it's like, I know he likes his free at the back and all of that, but games are won and lost in midfield. And it's like, we've been beaten by sides that are quite poor, that have just had overloads in the middle of the park. And I feel quite sorry for Hoyerbjerg and Benson, whoever it is, because they've just got a 3v2 every single game. And no yeah. wonder we get to 65, 70 minutes and they look exhausted because they're just, they're outnumbered all the time. And, you know, I looked at United midfield and it was Fred, Matic and Pogba. And like, I just look at, I don't think that's a great midfield. And I just think, match them, match them. Go free in the middle of the park. Like, even if you're bringing in, God forbid, a Winks, like, match them and just go just man for man. In there. I you don't know, care. just say, just say you free, but like, you know, take an opposition shirt, play against, like, Benton Court, play against Pogba for 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Hoybier, play against Fred. Like, you'd like to think the players would be able to, be it, get at least even with that. And I just, sometimes I think football's really overcomplicated. And, I, and it, you look at All right, systems and tactics and you just need a bit of gut. Um, <laughs> I just sometimes think if you're struggling in a game of football, just match them, match the formations. Even if you're dropping Kulizewski in for 20 minutes, I just think it would help us so much. And the games we've looked so good under Conte, I think anyways, when we've had three in the middle of the park and it's been more of a three-five-two. I know then there's a question mark about Kulisevsky or some one of them what happens but I just it's it just I've, the last three or four games I've watched I just think we've struggled so much in midfield and I don't think it's down to the fact that our midfield are atrocious 
I don't think we've got an amazing midfield, but you know, we got beat by Burnley, Wolves, Southampton. We've got better mid- midfield fielders than them, surely. But you know, when they've got an extra man in there, it makes it so hard for them. So anyway, that's my tactical rant over. But it's just frustrating watching a game, seeing what it should be quite clear to everybody, but he's very, very set in his ways with it. I think he's even more set in his ways with his system than Mourinho. It's just very this is our play, I'm yeah. not adapting no matter what. And I don't know, I'm not I'm just not sure about that. Yeah, I'm with you. I was thinking to some Owen earlier, a friend of the show, Blood Good Rep. And he was saying, well, you know, he's got a year left. Do Is that what we want? Someone who's only in it for the year? Like, do, would we rather, like, go after someone who wants to be with us for three years, four years? But know, this is the thing about, you know, everyone's, everyone's talking about a rebuild. Are the owners going to give a manager in his last year of his contract 150 million? And I just can't see that happening. I really can't. It's like, let's say they do it and then it doesn't particularly work out with him or it works out, but then he still goes. You've then got another new manager coming in who's going to want to play a different way and you've got another rebuild. And it's like, it, I don't know, it just doesn't seem very sustainable at the moment in any aspect. I, don't, I definitely don't have the answer. That's but, but that's I what Paratici yeah. is supposed to be for. Because that's the whole point of a director of football, right? Is to is to create kind of a pathway and consistency for the way that we play. But I don't see him as a long term. You know, there's something that feels short termist about him as well, right? He's yeah, going to I PSG, mean, isn't he? If you if you believe reports today, he's what? He's going to go to PSG, yeah. They want him. But, I mean, he's. We were talking about his work. Yeah. We weren't sure about Kudelski and Benzema, and that's turned out to be really a really good bit of business. So. I'm, the, the jury's still out and we're seeing far less or far fewer pictures of him. Can I just add back Kulisevsky that he's only three months older than Phil Foden? See? Yeah. How mad is that? I love him. Yeah, like, yeah. Love he him. looks like a real player. He really does. Really, really good. Um, Who would yeah, you pick then? Who, who's who's going to pick up this as a long-term project? He's magic. You know. <laughs> well, we replaced. Bale yeah, like, do you go Bale, back to your ex? Do you go? What do you have to fix before you get back with your ex, though? That's the problem. Oh, I know. I, I, it occasionally like, it works. Occasionally it works. Yeah, it feels you like it'd be the fix, wrong thing to do. You have to fix the issues you had with them first, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the issues seem there. There's just something weird about the club, isn't there? I don't know if it's the the directors and there's an atmosphere or there's there's something weird that's beyond the manager like we can't go through but that that occurred before this set of directors as well didn't it but what there's something there because we can't go through Mourinho Conte Pochettino and have the same problem you know that yeah and there, there was a slight peak under Pochettino but realistically it's been the same for ages and I, I don't know I just think I, it's frustrating as well like when you you look at the rest of the Premier League this season, City and yeah. absolutely flying, amazing. But the rest of the sides are not great. And yeah. that that makes it even more frustrating that just sort yeah. of like, even like if we just had a half decent season, you'd probably be challenging for third. Like that's how poor the Premier League's been because everyone is just so inconsistent. But, you know, the long-term project, if, if you're, looking, you're looking at managers that are out there, I just think that, we're going to struggle to get the high-caliber bosses if you're thinking long-term. And it is then 
getting the next breed of Pochettinos. You know, Graham Potter's name's always funny. I think for me, it's that kind of manager, the younger coach, or maybe someone coming from abroad in a slightly lesser league. You know, um, we were linked with the Ajax guy, weren't we, before? Like someone like him, potentially. I feel like that's probably the route that we would end up going down. But it's like, is that just a, a B-Tech Pochettino? Do you know what I mean? Would you be better off going and just trying to get, get him back? Like, I don't know. The Pochettino thing's weird because, like, your heart says, wouldn't it be brilliant if he came back? It would just, it, you feel like it would completely galvanise the whole club again. But then, should we, do, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the for me, best thing. I don't know, it's just weird. Well, he should know what what the problem was before he left and he should have it just stipulated in his contract. Or, you know, he sh- it, it's a it's win-win for him, right? He can come back and just say, look, the, these are the problems, you need to guarantee me this or I'll walk. Or not come but back, you know. Wouldn't you argue, ASD, that the problem's the man that's employing him? That's what some well, people would argue, wouldn't it? So would he come back for that? It's hard because you have to look at what's the, the consistent over the time. The one thing that's been consistent is is Levy and Levy's approach, you know. Mm-hmm. And we've always said, haven't we, that the, 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 the period where Daniel Levy's been in charge, it's a net positive for the club and you can't you can't argue that at all so like, like you know there's people that say that they've been absolutely terrible for Spurs and all that and I always think that's you're deluded if you think that because look where we were sort of I know we've not won a lot it's hard to win I think I was listening to talk sport at the weekend I think it was Max Rushton that was on and he was saying that like 99% of football teams don't win and like yeah. we are we all just get obsessed and we all like slate teams for not winning but if you look around the world it's the same yeah. teams that win every year like and Spurs obviously we get a lot of stick because we haven't won that many trophies in the last sort of 25 30 years but you know if you look back on the whole history we've done all right considering the sides we've been up against I just thought it was a really good point that he said yeah, we're all so fixated on it but football is about more than just that having said that have you seen football 365 this morning um dis- redistributed 20 uh, Chelsea's 21 tainted pots as they put them mm. right and uh in 2016-17, so at the end of the um, at the end of White Hart Lane, um, we won the league on there that base, on the base of their redistribution. Was... It says it says I'm gonna read it because it's not that long and it's fun. Yeah. Here we go, here we fucking go. Tottenham Hotspur are Premier League champions. Tottenham Hotspur are only on a five-year trophy drought, thank you very much. And Harry Kane does have a major title to tell the grandkids about. Never mind your Leicester cities, here's a real miracle fairy tale. Spurs' final season at the old White Hart Lane ends with the first league title since 1961 and Maurizio Pochettino in floods of tears hugging all the dignitaries and slightly embarrassed former players wheeled out for the occasion. They're handy winners too, which is why we can't even find a plausible way to Spursy them out of it. While Chelsea finished seven points clear of Spurs, Pochettino's men were another eight in front of absolutely everyone else. Even when you remove a 2-0 home win over Chelsea from Tottenham's record, there is still simply no catching them. We we need to talk about it. Friday was one of the best days of my life. It was, <laughs> it was, you just, you had, you had had all ideas. You went, maybe... Pretty Patel could take over another government over and just ruin them that way. It couldn't happen to a bigger bunch of pricks, could it? I, I absolutely loved it. And the fact you can, I, I, you know, there are some good Chelsea fans, very, very few. But you, you, you look, the fact that they're singing the Roman Abramovich, you know, all of that stuff, it just confirms everything we knew. 
pushing black people off the train, Sikh Island, gas sounds, all of this, all of this that we've put up for years. They should be in the middle of the championship, just in a nasty little ground next to Fulham, and that should be the end of it. But no, they've been propped up by one and a half billion dollars. They can't pay the, the rent and the wages next month. Awful little club. And I, I, it's a shame. It looks like they're going to be bought by Saudi media, which, I mean, what a surprise. Um, what's his face? Eddie Howe is an utter disgrace. You see that question he got asked? He said, uh, what, what do you think about um, Saudi Arabia executed 81 people yesterday on various offences from terrorism to um, from belonging to terror cells to violence? And they asked what he thought about it. There is employees. That's who he's taking money from. He's personally benefiting from those executions. And he just said he's going to stick to football. You can't stick to football. This is sport washing. This is exactly what they bought the club to do. They are getting away with it because they have bought a club and they, they're winning a few little games down but the court. But also what's fascinating about that, though, ASD, because I completely agree with you. But what's fascinating about that is that the only person that gets asked that question is Eddie Howe. That also blows my mind that there's no other questions coming out from the world media about the fact that 81 people were executed apart from asking Eddie Howe about it. Yeah. I mean, like, think about how kind of back to front that that seems. And yeah. from Chelsea's perspective, you know, this to me comes down to, you know, all the great work that the FSA, the Football Supporters Association, have done about who gets to own football clubs. If we think about them as proper, as like custodians of community assets, who gets to own them? Because you know what? The people that are going to suffer are the people that are in the lowest wage jobs. What's happened to all the people that work in that hotel? Yeah. What's, yeah, yeah. Ha- what's going to happen to all the people that have got match day jobs there and rely on them and all the other things that, you know, the, and the, the shops in the local area that might rely on. I mean, I'm not too worried about Chelsea as a local area, to be fair. Yeah. But, you know, there will be other sh- there will be some shops that, you know, re- their livelihoods rely on their on their being trade on those days. And that's what upsets me, because, of course, that those people have those jobs. You might say, well, they wouldn't have had the job if 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 Chelsea. But, you know. It's like you say, it's been 20 years. And what happens to all of them? It's just, yeah, it's kind of upsetting at the least. Levy, in a way, has done that a little bit by the amount of amenities he's put in the stadium, encouraging everyone to drink and eat in the stadium and taking the food out of the area. It's not the same as executing 81 people or taking uh, public services for blood money and then pumping one and a half billion into a pub. it, I think one thing that Joe Lewis has done, though, so we just need to, I think something about, and I, I haven't read this in any detail, something about buying up indigenous lands in Argentina. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think that's the other problem is that, you know, when you're that rich, you don't you don't do it by kind of, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no oligarchs who've done it legitimately. No one. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Chelsea. It's, it's just brilliant. I, it's just such a shame they can't be broken down as a club and have to start again in in the Conference League South, you know, and and properly have to restart the club. As, what, what were they called on Pro Evo? West London Blue? You know, West London properly, Blue, yeah. Properly <laughs> starting them out as West London Blue. Like, I mean, they've ruined football with their loan system as well. What, they've got like 36 players out on loan. Let them deal with it. I was speaking to my boss, who's a Coventry fan. He, they've got, I think he's got two Coventry loanees. He wasn't sure what's going to go on, going to go happen, but he'd happily keep them. And there's no reason they'll probably never play for Chelsea. So wh- yeah. why, why are they there? 
Anyway, one of the greatest days of my life. It was a bit of a rubbish sporting weekend, really. Wales lost at the rugby, England lost at the rugby, and it's the first England game I've ever enjoyed as a like almost actively sported England. The Formula One Drive to Survive thing came out, which was I love that show, but the last I'm not sure I know you two aren't particularly bigger Formula One fans, but Lewis really got screwed in the last race to lose the championship. So that was annoying. Spurs lost. It was just a bit of a rubbish. Oh no. I it oh I had PTSD. I, it's like the uh, Champions League final. I still haven't watched any replays of that. I haven't watched any replays of that last race because um, it was. It's as big a screw job as the Montreal screw job for any WWF fans out there. But anyway. uh, you've only got 48 hours, ASD, until you get to watch Spurs again. So do you know what I mean? Um, we've got Brighton Wednesday night, haven't we? And um, Brighton, are, they're they're in a terrible run of form. I mean, they've lost five on the bounce in the league. So you know what happens next. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're due to win, aren't we? Because we lost the last game and then we'll lose to West Ham. So that we know that's going to happen. So it's easy. But Brighton, um, always an awkward fixture, I think, when we play Brighton, especially at their place. We've not got a particularly great record down there have we, since they've been up, especially in the last few seasons. Um, so it's going to be a bit of an uncomfortable game, if I'm totally honest, watching that. I don't want to spend too long going through predictions because there's absolutely no way you can predict what Spurs is going to turn up at the minute, right? But we've got Brighton Wednesday night and then we have a massive game against West Ham at the weekend, um, 4.30 on Sunday. That is going to be... I mean, the West Ham games are always, you know, quite tasty. ferocious. Yeah, tasty, um, even when there's nothing riding on it. But this will, you know, go a long way to determine who finishes above who, European spots, all of that. So... That's going to be a really interesting game. Both the games we've had against West Ham this season as well have been pretty tight. We lost 1-0 there in the league. We beat them 2-1 at home in the Cup. And it's like, there's not been a huge amount between the sides in both of those games. So, I think both matches we've got this week are going to be quite tricky. Yeah, West Ham. I hate that game. I really hate that game. The atmosphere is is poisonous. Um, Like, it's not a fun aggression. It's just just nastiness. And the... I'm just worried because we don't play like they're not going to want to have loads of possession, and so we're going to really screw it up. Like yeah. we're not going to be able to play on the break. So I'm really, I'm just worried about both those games. Brighton, you just hope through war of attrition we'll beat them. But I, this is the annoying thing. You just don't know. Like I'm so glad I don't have a season ticket because it means I don't like I will get so annoyed not knowing what was what I'm paying for, what I'm going to. I, I do so, think genuinely this week it'll be win one, lose one. one. I, I really do. do. I really yeah. do. And we've struggled quite a lot, haven't we? Where we, when we've had games close together, we've not we've not done particularly well with that. So, um, I mean, you just hope that the victories at the weekend, right? I, you know, if you had to pick one to win, one to lose, we're all going to answer it the same way, aren't we? But it, yeah. it's big, though. Like I said, West Ham will be big to, to determine where we end up, especially in comparison to them at the end of the season, because those you know races for the European places are just changing every single weekend at the moment, isn't it? But I think Arsenal are in. Like, I, I was about to say, most frustrated about is that is that Arsenal just look like they, you know, they've just hit their form at the right time and they've got like a gajillion games in hand. Yeah, yeah. but you know, games in hand. We had all those games in hand, didn't we? And we ended up in a worse position once we'd played them. Um, I've got a few of my good friends are um, are Arsenal fans, and they were saying that they think the table is potentially a little bit misleading at the minute because the run of games that they've now got coming up are a lot tougher. I think they're three games in hand at West Ham. He said West Ham, Chelsea, and us. So it's yeah. like that they're, they're tough. And he said their running is is difficult. 
yeah, yeah. So they've got that you, would, you, you'd expect them to start dropping points a little bit, but they've done well. So they've, if they won nine out of their last eleven, and they've just beaten the rubbish, yeah. which no one else seems to be able to do. Yeah. Well, and it's just like Ben Smith's playing really well. Martinelli's smashing it. Saka's coming to form. Odegaard is suddenly bossing it. He's the most industrious player in the Premier League in terms of like runs and challenges. Like he's, it's just all working out well. Good, decent keeper as well. Like it's all just working out well. I just think you're right. As soon as they, I think we'll play really well against them. I think I, I genuinely think we'll because on the break I just don't think they could handle us. Liverpool will smash them. I just think this they are at their best and they are ju- just. They're doing quite well. I'm I'm looking forward to them. I hope so because I don't want you know like I don't like considering the season we've had and what you know like they were going to sack what's his face Arteta at one point yeah. and then suddenly here they are and we you know yeah. we've supposedly got the one of the best managers in Europe. I don't know. Imagine our team in the Champions League now. Oh, like, you remember how painful that Bayern Munich game was? Like that really hurt. That really hurt and. We haven't been brilliant in the Champions League. Got to the final once. We the very first time we got to. Did we get to the final? Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Um, I can't remember much about it. <laughs> yeah, we did well in the first season, but the other two, we we've been poor. We've been really poor. But the Champions League's hard, you know. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like that's what I'm saying. Even um, even like City, didn't they go like two seasons in the Champions League without winning away? Like yeah. this is City. One of the best, it's, like, it's a tough competition. To be honest, whoever ends up fourth in the Premier League, they're going to struggle in the Champions League next year. Like They really are because the, the, the standard of the other top sides, even the other sides that are finishing third and fourth, like compared to the sides in the Premier League, it's just it's not great at all. I do wonder though, because of course they've changed the format now as a feels like a little bit like a prelude to another kind of Super League. Yeah. But I think this ownership thing isn't going to go away. Mm, so I wonder what's going to happen around that, to be honest. Well, the PSG thing is going to be really any intervention around it. Mm. Sorry, say that again? That PSG thing, I was sort of going, PSG things really, because the PSG fans are not happy. Did you see them? They booed. The whole team being read out apart from Mbappe, which is weird because Mbappe's... But that, that capitulation from them against Madrid, I don't know if you saw that. Firstly, that game was incredible. And oh at half-time when PSG were 1-0 up, I was watching that thinking, PSG have got this all day. Mbappe on the break. Mbappe, what a player he is. Like, it's terrifying how quick he is. But that game was incredible. You just can never write Real Madrid off in the Champions League, can you? It's like, it was incredible. What is it with old strikers as well? Like Benzema smashed in. Lewandowski looks incredible as well. The really quality good. of Benzema's finishing in that game was just... Some of them weren't even clear-cut chance. It was just like half-chance, bang, back. And the, the goal that made it 3-1, you know, about 20 seconds after, was like, it, you're watching it and you think it's not even a chance, and bang, it's in the back of the net. But yeah. I was shocked to see PSG collapse uh, in that way with their like senior players making absolutely horrendous mistakes you just think like Marquinhos at the back do you know what I mean he's like he's a top centre back and he just collapsed for 15 minutes but you must have enjoyed Modric ASD though in that game especially the second half he was just brilliant Modric, he's just unbelievable isn't he but him I'd love seeing Verratti play as well we've talked about oh, Verratti yeah. I just love a in my heart of heart that's what I wanted Winks to start to grow into and he just hasn't so but yeah Modric I mean When's he ever going to stop? He look, he's been playing the exact same way 
10 years, you know. It's, it's, it's going to be 37, isn't he, this, this season, which is just like... But he's looked 37 for 15 yeah. years. Yeah, <laughs> but I, think that we could watch, I didn't watch all of that game, but I saw enough of it and enough commentary to go, we really were kind of lucky to have seen him play for the time we saw because he is a really a, you know a lovely player and I think the thing is it's like so underrated as well weirdly even though we all talk about him because who would put him in their top in their Spurs 11 apart from you ASD yeah <laughs> yeah I suppose but it, it, he'll go down as one of the greatest modern day central fielders if you look at if you yeah. just look at what he's won at Madrid, do you know what I mean? It's just it's absolutely incredible. Like, the number of Champions Leagues. Is, I mean, he, Bale's the same, isn't it? People say Bale is the most underappreciated Real Madrid player of all time. If you look at what he's won and the big goals he scored. Like, I didn't even know that like, he was on the bench, wasn't he, against PSG? And I, like, in my head, I was like, I just felt like they didn't even pick him and he was just rotting somewhere in the reserves. But he's still there. And the two of them, what, what careers and... You think back to when we, especially with Modric, when he first signed, everyone was a little bit like, what's this guy all about? And then from out of nowhere, just bang, one of the best midfielders about his incredible rise. Yeah, well, he's, he's, um, he's won twice as many Champions Leagues as he has La Ligas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Did you see that stat about Man United that they have never lost a game in the Premier League that they were leading at halftime? What? How does that happen? It's never. like a hundred and never, hundred ninety-three games or something stupid like that. But they've never lost a game that they were leading at halftime. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. There are a lot of those stats with United. You just, just, you just go Ferguson, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like Ferguson, really. Um, yeah, remarkable. Um, also, I know that you both did the pod last week and you would have spoke a lot about Everton. But can I just say how sad it was seeing Delhi come on in that game? in a team that are heading for the championship. Like, I just couldn't believe what I was watching with Everton last week. It was one of... The, they're one of the worst teams I've seen for probably three or four years live. And that includes, like, when we've played Morecambe and we've played Wickham. And do you know what I mean? Like, lower league teams. But Everton, just like they're going one way and that's for the championship. But seeing Delhi come on in that team, it was just like, oh, it just doesn't feel right at all. We did talk about it. And we talked, like, how... What a mad mixture of emotions it was when Hugo went to get him. Yeah. Imagine that, take him over. Like everybody saw in the documentary when Mourinho told him, like, it's up to him. He's got all the potential in the world. And he's there. His, t- his new team has been smashed by his old team. He's been taken over to the fans who love him, still loved him, but he didn't do it. Oh, that would that would haunt me for the rest of my life. It really, yeah, really would. Isn't it? Weird. Um, so, can I, with it, Man United haven't lost at, um, a game that they were leading in the league at half time since 1984. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Only 40 years. I need to check that. Because it. <laughs> Is that at well, home it, or is that is that just in general in the league or is it at home? Oh, that's a home game, it says. Man United have not lost a league home game after leading at half-time since May 1984. That sounds right. Yeah, that does sound right. That's bonkers. That is absolutely bonkers. Even under David Moyes. Yeah. Well, well. Um, any other business? I've got a little 
quiz as well that we can do. Say the women's team had a really good game yesterday and it was sad to see them not be able to at least get a point out of it because they played really well and just the ball just wouldn't go in. And the goal was so unlucky. Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah. Uh, I watched it, Chris. I was down, oh, yeah. I went down the gym and they had it on and I was like, oh, okay. amazing. It was, on, I was, it was on BBC Two, wasn't yeah. it? So, I was yeah. like, that's brilliant. I was like, that's great. Well, that's me sorted for the next like hour or whatever. I'm just going to watch the game. But they, you're right, they played. So, and that's City team as well, you know, one of the top sides about. And like, they matched them, didn't they, all over the park. And they, you know, they've, they're full of, like, chock full of internationals. They're practically a Ballon d'Or winner in Lucy Bronze, who's the one that created that who made the goal basically and it was a frustrating goal to because actually you could have just seen that ping away in any other in in an on another day um but you know we did really well and i guess it just goes it just cements to me the fact that we need to really figure out what we're going to do about our striking situation yeah um but no i think they did really well and um i don't know what i can't think what the next game is but it's another important one well, long, long may it continue with them. It's just a remarkable season that we've said, oh, yes, that we've said it all the way through. Which is International Weekend at the Emirates. Well, we've got Chelsea. And mm. it's Chelsea, on the, Chelsea on the 23rd before that. Yeah, I'm talking about that. It was just while I was on the women's. Oh, yes, well, that's right. Yeah, that's the um, rescheduled one because they got COVID. Um, so that we had to reschedule it. So, yeah, that's at King's Meadow, um, which will be hard. Yeah, because Chelsea are the best team in the league, in my opinion. So, can we um, talk about our third top scorer in all competitions yeah. being own, own goals? Uh, just your feeling on it, because I'm actually feeling quite positive about that. You know, like putting a lot of pressure on teams. Yeah. The fact that it's, you know it's it goes Kane on 21, Son on 12, own goals on nine is is a bit of a problem. I feel Kudelski would be ahead of that if he'd been playing all season. I think it's just one of those weird things that it feels like we've just had a freakishly large amount of own goals go our way this season. It's just been one of them. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but you're right. To, to, for a team to score an own goal, you have to create an opportunity. You've got to create that's a it. bit of uncertainty in the box. And, and that's what we do. Well, so we've got Michael Keane. We've got um, Harry Maguire, who, I mean, £80 million. Pounds, what? I, he he's off any confidence, didn't he, as well? Like, he looks so nervous. Also, I really didn't have any time for the Romero screaming in his face thing. I really didn't like that. I, it's, it's Argentinians, isn't it? It's what yeah. Lamella <laughs> did. It's, it's just part of the... I, it's part of the aggression. I, you know, I'd rather him on my side than not on my side. Yeah. He's got a bit of Costa in him, isn't he, Romero? 100%. It's one of those guys, like... If he's with us for the next sort of two, three seasons, he's going to be the most hated Spurs player. Like, he's the third most bar, yellow carded player in the fans. league. Yeah, he's the third most yellow carded player in the league, and he's played like half the games. He's played like fourteen <laughs> games. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. I'm with you on the OG. I just think you have to create them. I think yes, of course, you want to see contributions from other players. But, you know, and, and actually there's just something quite comical about it as well, isn't there? Which I'm all right with. It's that kind of season where, yeah. you know, it might as well be OG that's our third highest scorer. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah. too many of them, though. That's what I was asking. Keen. It was like nine. I was like, has there been? I, I don't remember that. But I feel like we've probably just all, a lot of us have blocked out the last two years of watching Spurs. This that's probably what I can't remember. I used to be able to name every game, every goal. Yeah. The last three years, I've got nothing. I've got yeah. nothing. Yeah. I, 
it's really weird. I mean, I'm not going back and watching every game as much as I used to. But I just it it feels really even this it's season all blurred into one, isn't it? Like I couldn't tell yeah. you, I couldn't tell you when the Mourinho ended, Nuno started, Nuno. It just feels like that's all been a bit of a. Well, yeah, to be honest, we didn't have a manager for like for, for this for a ridiculously long amount of time. Was, just, we, yeah, and during that, we signed Romero, didn't we? It's like, what sort of season we didn't have a manager last season we had mason for a while and then we went through the whole of the summer we got nuno right at the last minute and then he was with us for 120 days (laughs) what a joke (laughs) we're still nearly in the top four yeah we could end up but we won't but we could end up fourth can you imagine my worry with all of this is i think gareth said it is like we can only remember this season for a couple of games. We can remember Batter and Everton. We'll remember the City game. And there'll just be a couple of games. And that, that will be the best. What a waste of a season, really. Yeah. You know, that, that's the yeah. And it's as well, it's like, you always like start, when you get to sort of March, April, you like you start thinking about next season. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, it'll be the same again, isn't it? You know, you, you, yeah. you want that bit of, hope you want that academy player you want something don't you that's like oh right here we go this is it's gonna change it's gonna get a bit better next year i know it could be far worse i mean what we sit in seventh or eighth in the league it's like you know it could be way worse but you just want some kind of catalyst for change for next well, year yeah let's do that then we've got pate pate we've got sar we've got sar i don't need pate um <laughs> by the way um, we've got Sar coming. <laughs> we've got Sar coming back, who's doing really well. Dane Scarlett coming through the ranks, who's, who looks great, and Troy Parrott's doing really well. Millwall. So there's there's little sprouts, 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 sprouts of green coming through. So I'm I'm positive, you know, I'm positive. Just looking at Chris, I'm trying, and then it's like <laughs> not having it at all. I don't think they're good enough. No, but I'm trying. Dane's <laughs> gone. It's really young, really he's young. Like, he's seventeen, eighteen, and he. So it's like realistically, he's going to be a few seasons until we see him yeah. anyway. And we'll be in the Europa Conference League. Like we just need to. Well, we might not be. We might be eighth. We might not be. We might we're not even make it. I think seventh is where we'll end up. What's that? So we go: City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, West Ham, Spurs. Yeah. Oh, don't. Can you? <laughs> it's going to be bad, isn't it? Um, do you want me to do? I've gone slightly left field with Maldini or Roden this week. Obviously. Right. You got three categories this week, and it's yep. to be honest, I've not. There's no player comparisons in any of this quiz. Um, the first, the first category. I thought the game is a different game, the first, then, Jack. No, no, no. The first category is stadiums. The second one's managers, and the third one is miscellaneous. Okay. 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 All okay. right. So, and remember, I make the rules this week. So. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, right, so we'll start off with stadium. So I'm just going to give you two, and yeah, agree with me, and you're correct. Um, so first, the first one is uh, White Hart Lane or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So Chris, I'll start with you. White Hart Lane. I don't care if I agree with you or not. No. Uh, yeah, correct. So that's one one. Uh, ASD, uh, Old Trafford or Anfield? Old Trafford, because I the Anfield myth. The Anfield roar is a myth. 
I personally think, I think Jack doesn't like Anfield, but I think it is Anfield because Manchester United is much worse. Even though the the Anfield draw is mythical, it's still better than Manchester United, which it really is like poor. And the one thing you I will always say about Anfield is whatever you think of it, the before the game starts, when all the, the scarves and the flags go up in the cop and they sing You'll Never Walk Alone, it is something quite magical, particularly the first time you experience it. So, Anfield. 2-1 uh, ASD. I'll try to <laughs> <afraid of that. laughs> I hate You'll Never Walk Alone. I just... I, but yeah, carry, crack on. Um, Why, Sorry, Jack? Huh? Why? Man United, for me are still the team and Old Trafford is still the ground. And I know they're poor now and there's the atmosphere at Old Trafford is still a little bit questionable, but it still, for me, carries that aura that it will always be Old Trafford. It will always be United, even though they're a really bang average team now. And that, I just don't think that'll ever go. Um, there's two on ASD. Chris, um, the Burnabout or the new Camp? I mean, I don't know because I've never been to the new camp and I've been to the Bernabeu. However, I just think because of Real Madrid and Franco, I'm going to go new camp. I've only been to the new camp. I've been three times. And every time I've been, there's been Spanish people around me eating nuts really loudly. And it's the thing. <laughs> but my it's my thing like like it really makes me feel ill hearing people like i don't eat crisps because i don't like being around people who eat crisps i've never so known this, think it's about this is That's brilliant amazing. if you eat crisps i will walk out the room i get like sweaty palms like it really makes me feel sick i don't know what it is um but even then but i've been at the new camp where the sun's setting and i'm in the upper tier and it is an absolute i'm going new camp because it's a stunner yeah uh new camp so that's Three one ASD at the moment. Oh, no, just three two. The juice house. Sorry, sorry. Three two. Three two. The outrage. Um, <laughs> Instant. I would say about about Old Trafford. It took me nine hours to get home after that semi-final that we played Arsenal up there. Oh. And that was horrible, and I hate it for that reason. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. You still don't get the point. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, this one's for you. These are this is a throwback. Uh, Goodison Park or Craven Cottage? Goodison Park, hundred percent. Although I like the walk from the tube to the ground because by the river, it's very nice. But Goodison Park has the same architect as White Hart Lane, a guy called Archibald Leach, apparently, and it feels the most like White Hart Lane than any other ground. So it's got to be Goodison. Yeah, Craven Cottage. The reason people like Craven Cottage is it's got nothing to do with football. It's got a cottage in it. You can take a boat to it, and it's a nice walk. Everton's ground is is an absolute stunner. It, it's now the best country in the in the, in the best, best ground in the country by a long way, and great fans fill it. Yeah, uh, correct. Goodison Park just four three to ASD, um, and then lastly, New Wembley or the Millennium Stadium. You're taking the piss. <laughs> you are taking the piss because New Wembley's awful anyway. Everybody knows New Wembley's awful. I just I want I really couldn't wait to ask. I saw your face. I was I was waiting for the there's an obvious answer, but it's an English and a Welsh thing, and it's like you <laughs> second guessing yourself all the way through. No, I couldn't because I know that you know that Millennium Stadium is is the correct answer. But Millennium Stadium is like a really meh of a stadium, and actually, because I've been there and it's just a meh of a stadium. 
And Wembley, whatever you think about New Wembley, it's still Wembley. You know, there are kids who play a three-a-side game in the in the garden or in the park called New Millennium Stadium. They play a game called Wembley. We didn't play Wembley at, where I played where, at home, so that's ridiculous. Well, the one obviously, the answer is Wembley. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Like, Racism. Of course it that's is. what this is. Of course it is. But you'll find the xenophobia, ASD, not racism. Thanks. So that is one of my favourite moments of the podcast year. Just the face was brilliant there. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously it's Wembley. Right, so that's 4-4 after the stadiums round. Um, So we're on to managers now. So we're going to start off with Martin Yole or Harry Redknapp. Who's this to? Uh, This is Chris, you're first on this one. Martin Yole, 100%. I love Martin Yole. Um, Red Nap was fine, but there was just something about Uncle Martin that I think just kind of like smashes it all. Martin Yell. I'm still struggling to get over the uh thing, but uh <laughs> Um I'm gonna go Harry Redknapp because of what he achieved. I think Jack's probably gone Harry Redknapp to be fair. Harry Redknapp, yeah. I think Harry, uh, no, I, I loved Martin Yell because that was like the start of us becoming an all right side but the red nap years is the most confident i've ever been going and watching spurs at home it's just like every game was just like we're going to win three nil just it was brilliant um asd jose Mourinho or tim sherwood (laughs) (laughs) as soon as you say jose it's obviously the the other one but i deeply hated tim sherwood i'm going tim sherwood Purely because he was here for a shorter amount of time. That's really hard, but I I think because I'm behind, I'm going to have to go Mourinho and just double down and, and take the risk. I've gone Mourinho, five five. I I can't tell you what? the 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 tactics Tim era was the <laughs> the biggest shambles that I've ever was seen. It? it was so it was so bad. And at no point was there even a glimmer of hope. It was just, it was horrendous all the way through. And with Jose, there was a glimmer of hope for about two weeks when we first got him. Um, Did I tell you that was the only time I've ever taken a handwritten sign to the stadium was during the um, Sherwood years. Sherwood, I have your gilet. It just said, (laughs) it said, oi, Tim, no. (laughs) Uh, brilliant. Um, the next, this is for you, Chris. Now, uh, Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola? Oh God, I don't know what you would say, but I think I'm going to have to go Klopp because, for me, I think the stuff that he did around the Rent Boys chant and the fact that he understands his responsibility and the platform that he has and how Liverpool fans feel about him and therefore what good he can do, I think is to be uh, ab- admired. No, none of that matters. Pep Guardiola, <laughs> obviously that's a joke. Um, Pep <laughs> has done it. I just, I think he's he's overrated. Didn't Couldn't do it in Germany. He's done it by spending loads of money at Liverpool in a very poor league. He has won the Champions League, to be fair, but it was against the Port Tottenham team. Um, I think Jack's going to go Guardiola, to be fair, and I'm going to be behind again. But anyway. Yeah, I have gone with that. Just completely revolutionised the 
style of football, which is just that that Barcelona team in its prime is my favourite club side. So it's just is incredible. Um, and last one of ASD: Tony Pulis or Sam Allardyce? Pulis. Pulis. There's no reason why, but people um, <laughs> realise that <laughs> he he never sold out his country for ten grand. Very did. I'd say Pulis as well, just because from a style perspective, there's not going to be a huge difference. And he's just so, um, I just think thinking about Sam Allardyce is unpleasant. So I'm going to go Pulis as well. Yeah, yeah Pulis is, is the correct answer. There. Um, and then we're going to the seven, six to ASD and we're going to the final round, which is miscellaneous. And there's only three questions in this round. Um, so the first one, which is Chris for you, um, Winning away or winning at home? At home. Winning at home. Building confidence, understanding that your home is a fortress <coughs> at home. I'm going winning away. It's just harder. I've gone winning away. Oh, for I'm winning away. I just think you, especially when lost. you go, especially when you go, it's just getting three points away from us is brilliant. Um, ASD, top four or the FA Cup? FA Cup, every time. Chris? Well, I'm doubling down on everything that ASD is not saying now. So I'm going to say top, I'm going to say top four because that's how you, because the ultimate aim has to be to win the league, right? And how you recruit players is by being in the Champions League. And that's how you build. So it's got to be top four. I changed my answer on this probably seven or eight times this evening and I left it with top four is what I went for so that's that's eight seven to ASD and this is the last question Um, so Chris you can equalize um last minute winner or winning five nil for the feeling it's the last minute winner I was just about to say I was going to write down what I was going to answer so Sorry, I wasn't just copying you. I am going last minute winner because yeah. it's boring at the end of a 5 now, isn't it? Yeah. So ASD's completely ruined the quiz there by just copying what Chris was going to say. So it's made it all completely <laughs> <laughs> uh Last minute winner, of course, is the correct answer. That's Hang nine, on, what's eight, the score? What's nine the... eight to ASD. Yeah. There's one more. Oh, it's the, the ultimate question. Yeah. Maldini or... We're adding questions on now. No, Maldini or Rodon. There's always that's always the last one. Maldini or, or Rodon. Uh, I'm going Maldini then. Oh, <laughs> after all that. <laughs> and I believe that's ASD still undefeated in this quiz. It is indeed. We're Not, probably oh, just going to yeah. have to rig it, Chris, when it's your turn next, and you can just send me all the answers in advance just Chris, so we can. It's my turn next, and I might play and win. So screw you all. <laughs> brilliant um that was a good one yeah good one please like to when you when i saw your face when i was like i've gone left field i was like uh oh i might be getting chucked off of the podcast here um (laughs) but yeah big week ahead here we go one win one loss i'm sure we'll see you all next week um pleasure as always speaking to you both and uh whatever happens remember the future's bright future's lily white come on you spurs I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion.
Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. He's...